It's time for the Raging Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Kick is on its way, and the kick is good! Cajuns win! 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 A 50-yard field goal! And time expires by Brent Bear in Louisiana! of the Ragin' Cajun Army, and I'm not sure if you can tell the excitement in my voice, but damn it, we're 4-1 and one and I'm thrilled. Matt Miguez here, and as always, Jerry Bear. but duty, we have a very, very special guest with us tonight. We had to add him in eventually, right? You, you love to love him, you love to hate him, and he's got a voice, by the way. He's and got a voice. You report his post on Rage of Pigeon. Ladies and gentlemen, man about town, aka Josh Jagno. Josh, what's going on, man? I'm doing just fine. Very excited about the start, and thanks for having me, Matt. No, absolutely. And like you know, like we said, we're talking about how the Cajuns are off to a four and one start after defeating Georgia Southern by the score of thirty seven to twenty four on Saturday night. And you know, the game, by by no stretch of the imagination, was the game, you know, pretty. But, you know, as, as you love to say in sports, it doesn't have to be pretty. You just got to do what you got to do to get it done. What did you two see out of that game Saturday in Statesboro? Jeremy, let you take that one. Uh, well, first of all, before the season started, I had a feeling that Georgia Southern would have been one of the tough games on the road. Um, you know, just by the eye test alone, they, they're coming off a 10-3 and season. Um, they won a really close, really intense bowl game against Eastern Michigan last year. Uh, Chad Lunsford and his coaching staff did a fantastic job turning their season around last year after coming off, I believe, what was a 2-10 and ten season two years ago. Unfortunately, one of those wins came against the Cajuns, but he was able to turn it around really quickly. And um, I knew going into this year that they had some momentum. You know, guys like Shy Words coming back uh, as a starting quarterback and um, before the, the again before the season started, I knew this stretch would have been tough because you've got you had Ohio on the road, and then you had uh, Georgia Southern on the road. Then in two weeks, you got to go back on the road to Arkansas State, and of course, we'll talk about the big game coming up against App State. So I knew Georgia Southern, as far as conference goes, uh, it pretty much lined up along with Arkansas State as the two toughest road games that we would have to play this year. And luckily, we we, we came out dominated and got the win. Yeah, and you know the we we always talked about it preseason. The you know the four game stretch was gonna be was gonna be the toughest part of the season. Ohio, Georgia Southern, 
at Arkansas State. Well, we're halfway through that stretch, and I, I don't want to jinx anything, but the first half of the stretch yeah, seemed first half of the stretch seemed pretty easy. We made it look that way. I mean, Josh, what do you, what do you think? Well, I'm not going to use the word easy because well, that's that's terrifying. But uh, here's the thing: <clears throat> I think that this was one of the most difficult games on the schedule because of the situation. Uh, you're coming off of a home game. I'm sorry, a road game against a non-conference opponent that we all know has a track record of success. They run the ball. They they are physical. They were going to take a toll on your football team. You went up there, you weathered some mistakes, uh, you got the win, you came home, you turned around, and you went and traveled again. You played a good team. Uh, and by the way, Shy Wirtz is ridiculous. Uh, I knew he was good. He was a one-man wrecking crew. I think you take him uh, off that team, and it's it's a blowout by halftime. I mean, the guy was special. Uh, but anyway, you know, you make mistakes, you give points away, you, you give field position away, you keep your defense on the field way too long, uh, which, by the way, I think that that showed up late third quarter, early fourth quarter, when he was able to pop a couple of runs. Uh, man, that's such a great win. I, I don't want to overlook this win. This is such a, a, a crucial point in the schedule. And going forward, I have a lot of confidence because of our ability to overcome and get a great win on the road two weeks in a row. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think a good point, that was a good point, Josh, because uh, Coach Napier said it the other day in his press conference, you know, one thing that he's looking forward to is to see how this team can, can move move forward because of the fact that they've been able to face adversity two weeks in a row. I mean, you look at last week, the Ohio game, Cajuns are up by, you know, what, two, three touchdowns. The game, Ohio brings the game within six points. And, and then on top of that, they're at home, so they have the momentum. So what do the Cajuns do? They march back and score a touchdown right after. Right. Well, fast forward to last week, same thing. Cajuns controlling most of the game. All of a sudden, you start seeing Georgia Southern get that momentum. And everybody kept talking about that atmosphere at Paulson Stadium, right? right. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be loud. It's hard to win there. They have a history. And what happened? They brought it within three. Yeah. 24-21, they have the momentum. And what do the Cajuns do? Deja vu all over again. Four or five plays, march 80 yards down the field, score another touchdown, put the game away. So... The fact that the Cajuns were able to do that on the road, because let's be honest, both of you will agree with this. If this were your dad's Cajuns, they would have lost both games. Oh, CDS they, syndrome. Oh, was they, they, was, they no would have been – no way. No, there's no, no way they would have been able to overcome that adversity on the road. And not only did – it's almost like they put it they, – they, they, they shifted gears and sure. just pressed on the pedal whenever they felt that they were facing that adversity. And moving forward to like next week against App State, against a right. team that can do something similar – Going on the road against Arkansas State, uh, you know, to a place where we don't really have a good history there, that's where the, this experience is going to help them moving forward. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. I agree. I, I think that the most encouraging trend about the 2019 version of this team is their ability to respond. It, I never feel like when we make a mistake – well, I say never. It still kind of creeps <laughs> up from time to time. But they have shown over and over again, and they've, they've, there's evidence for it, and they've proven that they will respond and, you know – what can you say? There's nothing more to say about the running game. Uh, they rely on it. They lean on it. And it comes through time and time again. And, you know, it, talk, talking about the, you know, the, the ability to respond and how the fear of, oh, no, they're, you know, this, this is going to screw us. Yeah, here, here we, we go, go again. again. Right. Um, Saturday I'm sitting there watching the game with my dad. And after the second muffed punt, my dad's sitting there, oh, you know, this is this is going to come back to bite us, and you know I was kind of thinking the same thing. 
But then at the same time, and I, I will admit this, that I did say that we probably needed to look at somebody else at punt returner. Um, no, <laughs> no discredit to Eric Gare, sure. but um, but I, I will say that for the first time, and I'm not sure how long, I looked at myself and said, you know what, we're good. Yeah, yeah. breathe. We're gonna bounce. Just we're good. It's not a. We're gonna we're gonna come back from it. Um, and I I don't think I've said that about a turnover from a UL game since probably ever 2014. <laughs> ever. I mean, it's it's been a while. Yeah. I agree. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of go into the scoring summary. And, you know, the, my, I, I know there was a lot of football to play after this. But my favorite moment of the game was our very first offensive possession. Yeah. We came, we stepped out onto that field and said, you know what? We've heard the stories about the atmosphere. We've heard the stories about how good you guys are. We've heard the trash talk. Because there was. Sure. There was trash talk. Levi Lewis looked at his offense and said, let's go punch these guys in the mouth. Yep. Agreed. And that's exactly what they did. Five plays, 75 yards. Only took a minute and 18 seconds off the clock. Obviously, that 51-yard pass from Levi to, to Bam Jackson was you know, a huge step in that drive. Um, Eli punches it in from five yards out. Guys, what, what did y'all see in, in that first drive other than total domination? It was total domination. Uh, first of all, the pass by Levi, uh, it set the tone. You know, It was perfect in the breadbasket. When he released the ball, he did it with confidence. The ball just fell out of the sky. And when it happened, uh, as a fan watching the game, I immediately I felt okay about the game. You know, going in, I had some trepidation. It, it, again, it's a road game. You never know. Paulson, like you said, <clears throat> when Bam caught the ball, it was just uh, an air of confidence uh, just came over me. And I was like, we're going to do this. And, you know, they, they finished the drive. You know, how many times did we see big play, big play? Oh, we got to settle for a field goal. You know, maybe get outside of ourselves, get too excited first drive of the game they finish and they always finish and that's my favorite thing about this team is they finish uh and, and that's my my initial thoughts about that drive uh, let jerry go further i got i got some more things on that but no i thought i thought it set the tone um and we all knew the the weaponries that this offense has we all know the talent that it has but for them to to just i mean it's like a cannon you know firing you know just from the start i mean you you go to their place and in five plays you you know that long pass play to bam jackson and then those three or four run plays i mean the first play i believe was it to Regis? the first play was a give to Regis for eight yards eight yards i mean he, he all he did was it was a dive up the middle and he yep. just just like the bowling ball that he is he did what he does rolling That's... over defenders and i knew right then and there i said okay it's. It looks like we're going to ground and pound and then, today. And then that second play from the thirty-three was the fifty-one yard bomb to to Bam that set us up at the sixteen yard line. Yeah. I was more surprised by that play because I didn't think we had it in us yet to go long. I thought it was just going to be one of those drives where okay, let's set the tone with the run game. And in my opinion, that was Levi probably threw the most beautiful pass he's thrown since he's oh, absolutely been in a Cajun best uniform. collegiate pass. And look, that's the criticism. Yeah. The, the the struggles going deep. And, and look, I'm one of them. I, I, I'm guilty. Uh, but that play I think set we the all tone. Three are. Yeah, no, the play set the tone, and that's most the most important takeaway uh, that I think we should have from it. You know, he he didn't go out and play perfect after the throw, but that throw sent a message, and that's what we had to do. Well, that's one of those situations where you go on the road and you're able to score that fast, right? I mean, they kept talking about the atmosphere. The atmosphere, 
You want to put it. You want to put the crowd out of it. You do that, and Absolutely. you can. I guarantee you, there were. They call it the Cobra, where fans are putting their head over their their hands over their heads, and yeah. I, I guarantee you, there were a few of those at Paulson Stadium after that first drive. Like, holy hell, we might have our work cut out for us today. Yeah, and that's how you set the tempo. That's how you set the tone, and they did just that. And so, I'm not sure if many people know this. Georgia Southern's big phrase is G A T A. Sure. Not sure if you two know what that phrase means. I know what it is. I yeah. have learned. Okay. It's get after their ass. We did just that. And we got <laughs> after we, their ass. No doubt. Ladies and gentlemen. We gated their own people. But you know, after <laughs> after that after that early early success, that early seven nothing lead, you know, Georgia Southern offense stepped out on the field and they, they did what they do best. Um they milked the clock, they moved the ball efficiently down the field. Sure they had to settle for three points, but you know, they, they did it well. Fifteen plays, sixty four yards. Eight minutes and twenty-two seconds off the clock, so they drained half the first quarter in their opening possession. Um, but they made it a seven-to-three ball game, and you know, at that moment, five minutes left in the first, was the confidence level? If, if you're Billy Napier, is the confidence level still there after what you were able to do in that first drive, or did that that long drive kind of gassing the defense a little bit, kind of bring you back to level head? Well, the thing is, first of all, you gave up a long drive, but you only gave up a field goal. And we all know Georgia Southern, they score at will at their stadium. We all know that they can, uh, you know, they, they really, they ground and pound. That triple option that they run, it's hard to stop at their place. And the Cajuns did that. They were able to contain them on the first drive. They gave up the field goal. My reaction was, okay, they hold them to a field goal. Guess what? You get the ball back and you do that again, what you did on the first drive. It's a 14-3 game. Yep. Now you're up two scores at their place. Unfortunately, you know, the Cajuns had to punt, but – I always thought, okay, as long as you're able to do that, even if it's a long drive, hold them to a field goal and hold them to field goals. I mean, I, I was feeling pretty good at that point. Right, right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the first muffed punt came right there at the end of the first quarter. Um, there were, it was 3.05 left on the clock when the, when the, when the first muffed punt happened. So, I mean, that, that kind of obviously, you know, it's a 7-3 to three game. We're getting the ball back. With some, with a little more momentum, and then you muff the punt. Does that muff punt take all that momentum out the door, or is it just uh, you know shake it off? You know we'll we'll bounce back. We'll respond. I think it's a gut punch. Uh, <clears throat> the thing about it is it it allows the crowd to get back into it. Paulson comes alive. Uh, when you have players that aren't necessarily confident in what they can do yet, I think there's an opportunity there to lose the confidence. Sure. Uh, from my point of view, I thought it was just one of those things where get back up off the mat and go do what you got to do. Uh, they, they get to play too, you know. They're they're that. I'll say it again. Georgia Southern is not a bad football team. I watched the Minnesota game. They should have won the game. Right. I knew yeah. going in it was going to be tough. It was going to be physical. They are a smash mouth type of team. Uh, now look, you can't give them the football. That's terrible. You know, uh, I love Garrard just as much as anybody else, but. We have got to be better in that it's a situational special teams moment where you have to make a decision. you got to be aware, and he's going to get coached up, and he's going to be better. Uh, but to answer the question, I don't think that it necessarily sucks the life out of you. Not that early, uh, especially after that first drive. You know, Especially how the defense closed this, the previous series. Uh, I still felt supremely confident. 
Yeah, I think what, what's bothersome is that you're on the road and you made a big defensive stop. Yes. Now the defense gets off the field, they get to rest. Well, guess what? As, they're, they're, as they take right their helmets the off, field. as right. they take their helmets off, they got to go back on the field. And sure. on top of that, Georgia Southern got the ball inside the red zone. So now right. you're feeling good. Oh, we just made a, a stop. They got a punt. Now we're getting the ball back. We're going to score. Before you know it, before you keep, could even say that, you're back on the field basically trying to stop them at, the, what, the 10-yard line? From scoring, right? I mean, seventeen, 17 yeah. yard line. I mean, you, with minimal rest. That's a yeah, good point. and that, that's the hard part about it. And that's where a lot of times that's how teams lose because you know defense. I mean, that's how defenses. I mean, let, let, let's it, be. It's just the way it is. I mean, let's be honest. With minimal rest and Georgia Southern's offense getting the ball at the seventeen, and they run the ball. <laughs> so you got to be more I was, physical. I was sitting there saying, "Well, we just gave them six. Sure, yeah. That's what makes them even more impressive. The response is even more impressive. You know, that's why I keep hammering on that response thing. It's so important to respond to these kinds of situations, and they did it. Yeah, and you know, so like 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 we just mentioned, Georgia Southern gets the ball back with three minutes left at their at their seventeen. You know, a couple penalties that that they got. You know, the the defense kind of stood up a little bit. The clock got run out with on that drive. First quarter ended being seven to three. So you know, the Cajuns are still in good position. And then the opening play of the second quarter. Is a fourth and fourteen from their own from Georgia Southern seventeen yard line. They punt the ball again to Eric Gare, and he fumbles once again. <laughs> Jeez. Again, I I don't know. I know some football players listen to us. I know some don't. Eric, if you listen, I love you to death, man. I'm not bashing you here, but come on, man. Like we love you, EG. Just uh, uh, hey man, we man, uh, nothing but encouragement, brother. Just do your thing. Uh, no, I, I mean, I mean it in the most encouraging way. Yes, but that just that that just can't happen, right? Um, and so you you give Georgia Southern the ball again in their in their own territory, and they punch it 15 yards down the field and kick another field goal to make it seven to six. So now it's a even closer game. You know, any points shifts the lead. If you're Billy Napier, Josh, I'm going to direct this one at you. What's what's the game plan? Well, again, responding is always uh, at, at the top of my mind uh, for a priority. You know, go get some points. Let's close this thing out. Let's make our adjustments. One thing about this coaching staff, you guys know this. <clears throat> when we get into the room at half, we actually make changes that matter. And they show on the field almost immediately. Uh, I think you get points and you go in and you talk about it. That would have been my my uh, my number one priority. That's that would have been my message to the team at that point. Actually, I think I want to say after this wasn't it after the second muff they scored. I believe they scored a touchdown on that one. Georgia Southern? Yeah. No, they to, they got the field goal. They got the field goal on that yeah, one the six. second time. Yeah. That yeah, was seven six. I thought that was the first one. Uh uh-uh. uh. They didn't get anything on the second one. On the first one, the first one they punted again. When that's when we fumbled the second time. Oh, okay, okay. Well, all right. I'm totally okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, like like Josh said, it, you just you just have to make adjustments, and that's one thing. That, look, that is one thing that Billy Napier just preaches. Correction. We got to correct. We got to correct. We got to correct. And it's not necessarily. He's not yelling. They don't yell or anything like that, but he talks about in the offseason practice. You know, at practice, we do what we can to correct you. Sure. It's kind of the approach that Nick Saban takes, you know. It's teaching. It, 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 it's, it, and that's really what this coaching staff consists of, a bunch of teachers, and that's what makes them so great. And you can tell by the way the players respond. 
They don't get rattled. They don't, you know, they don't really give up many big plays afterwards. They do what they can to stay focused. And that, to me, is the mark of a good football team. That's what good sure. football teams do. They learn from their mistakes, and they just focus on the next play. They don't let the past dictate what happens moving forward. And I think that's one thing in this game that I learned about this team is that even after some of the mistakes they made, they were able to kind of keep the focus moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like Josh said, if you're Billy Napier, the message is stay calm, respond, go get some points. And that's exactly what the Cajuns did. Ten plays, 75 yards. And what was kind of interesting about this touchdown drive is the longest play of the drive was 18 yards. It was an 18-yard run by Trey Regis, put us down in the 10. You know, usually, you know, our, our touchdown drives this year kind of been some some bang and pop, you know, move the ball down the field. Sure. But we were we were pretty methodical on this drive. You know, five yards, three yards, four yards, four yards, six yards. 16 yards, 9 yards, 18 yards. And then finally, you know, you get the two two more runs by Trey Regis for 7 and 3 to punch it in. And, you know, I kind of like that style, you know, wearing out that defense, you know, punching them in the throat kind of mentality. I love the way that that happened because it allowed your defense to gather themselves. It allowed them to rest. Yeah, if they needed to get coached up on, you know, we know that Georgia Southern runs that option. If you want to measure success against a team like that, how many times did they break a run? How many times did they pop a run? In the first half, it was it was almost non-existent. Right, it wasn't and, there. And a lot of it was because of a seven-minute a seven minute drive. These are the kind of things that keep them off the field, keeps our guys fresh, and it, it, I mean, it shortens the game. Yeah, absolutely. On the road, you want to shorten the game. Absolutely. Now, I'll take it from another angle. One thing that impressed me about that drive was it was a little bit of everything. You got to see the run game. And yeah. really, that drive to me – Showed me that Levi was was in his was in the zone. Couple of big conversions. He made a few great. That was in that drive. He actually threw some nice passes in the pocket. Right, I've been critical of him being in the pocket at times and kind of being rattled. Very calm, very calm. Stepped into his throws. He made a run. That was like a nine yard run up the sideline. My dad was actually at the game. He's on the sideline. He takes a hit. He gets back up and starts clapping, getting all excited and. Players, yeah, he he patted, players, he patted the guy that hit him on the helmet. Yeah, yeah, but players rally around that, and that's one thing I love about Levi. Like you know, sometimes he's to me he's still a work in progress, and it's not a bad sure. thing. No. I, look, he's getting better every game. I mean, to me, this was his best game by far, no, and absolutely. I think he's only going to get better. But the beauty of Levi is that even even sometimes when he he might mess up on a play or two. He, he comes right back and responds yep. every time. And you give me a quarterback like that any day of the week over someone who has all the talent but has a turd attitude, has a yep. bad attitude, and doesn't want to – doesn't care. Levi cares. And I saw that on that drive. The fact that and, – and, and, again, this also goes to – this also goes on Billy Napier's play calling. They mixed it up. You saw some passes. You saw some runs. And it was a very methodical drive. It, that drive showed me – the talent, the the capability that we had, both passing and and run game. I'm very, I was very impressed. Agree, agree. And you know, but just just as we expected this game to be, back comes Georgia Southern. Um, they get a two play seven yard drive after the third fumble by Eric Gar. The second one, there there was three fumbles. The second one was picked up by Garrett again. Mm-hmm. Garrett recovered it. I, I misread just now on the, on the scoring summary. Um, that's what I was asking about. Yeah, earlier. yeah, okay, the, yeah. That's the, right. the second one was recovered by Garrett. Now this is the th- the second one that was recovered by Georgia Southern. They got it at like the eight yard line. 
punched it in two plays later to make it 14-13. So you're sitting there, you know, with about six minutes left in in the half, and it's back to being a, a one-point game. You know, that can be really disheartening for a team on the road in, in an atmosphere like this. But Billy Napier said, again, like he's like he said all season long, we we got to we got to respond. Sure. 14 plays, 67 yards. Stevie Arteague pops a field goal right there at the end of the half. It's 17-13. Congratulations, Stevie. You're back on the gravy train, Stevie, baby. my boy. You're back on the gravy train. <laughs> and you know what was great about that? He drilled it. I mean, it was a, he, oh, he, he could have right kicked, down the middle. Right down the middle. And I'm like, okay, good. This this is good because it's always that first field goal you make. You and I, after, you and I talked to him before the Texas Southern game. And what what did he tell us? He said that he just needed to kick one more field goal. Yeah. Yep. He needed to put one through the uprights. Yeah. And, and, and he'd be he'd be good. And look, with, with the adversity Stevie's been facing this year, one thing I will give to Stevie, and I will always credit him for this, he has been he he has been so positive through all of the the the, the turmoil and the troubles, and and he 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 keeps a he, he just he's just keeping he's just keep. He's just keeping his head straight. And that's one thing about Stevie that I've always admired is that he doesn't let the misses bother him. He's just focusing on tomorrow. And that, as a kicker, you have no you have no other choice. You have to. Yeah, we need but him. some kickers, man, it's – look, kickers are probably one of the toughest positions on the field because, you know, then we make a joke, oh, you had one job. Look, kicker really does – look, from a mental standpoint – I mean, if you're a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman or a running back or even a quarterback and you make one mistake, you can make up for it on the next play. Yeah. A kicker, you may not get that opportunity again. So I got to give credit to Stevie. Look, great job on that field goal, man, and, and hopefully this could be the start of something moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's halftime, 17-13, and so, you know, the Cajuns go into the locker room with a four-point lead, and they get the ball to the second half. The, that momentum factor is definitely back in the locker room, but there's adjustments that need to be made. What would you guys say was the biggest adjustment that needed to be made at halftime? Honestly, offensively, I thought they were doing just fine. Um, I mean, I, there was really no changes. I mean, they were moving the ball very well. They did a great job uh, mixing and mixing it up, both pass and on the run. Defensively, I mean, the main thing was is just making sure that they were hydrating in the locker room because, I mean, look, when you have to go up against a triple option offense, I mean, you're stopping the run all game. You have to make sure you're following your assignments. I mean, playing against a triple option is hard. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Especially on the road. You're at their place. They get, you know, they get the ball the second half. What if they score? They go up. They right. get momentum. I mean, as my, my biggest thing was staying focused on the defense. If the defense could make the, the key stops, I had a feeling the offense was going to do what they've always done all year, and that's just score. Yeah. So yep. that was my that was my uh, outlook on at halftime. That's perfectly said. I, I didn't think we needed to change a damn thing. I, right. I think that the the game plan was excellent. Um, you know, we we really need to get on Levi here in a minute and, and really discuss that. I feel like this is a good time. Uh, but I thought the game plan for Levi was superb. I thought, you know, look, when you have a stable of backs like we have, and you have an offensive line that runs six to ten guys in and out, and they're just dominating people at the point of attack. You don't need to get cute. You just need to turn around and hand the football off. Just play the game. And I think we did that, and I think we did it with authority, and I think that we demoralized that team yep, in absolutely. the second half. Uh, I, I don't – look, we dropped the ball twice. Yep. We gave up – We gave them we gave 12 points. points. Yeah. I, I don't think you do anything And different. they only turned it into 10. Agreed. Right. Totally agree. So, um, and, you know, obviously we're in the second half here in the, in the scoring recap, 
And to be honest, I don't think we need to dive into every drive. You all opened up the second half with a touchdown to make it 24-13. Which, by the way, that fourth down play by Levi, that could be play of the year if you ask me. I agree. Fourth and one. And I think it speaks to the communication between he and Bradley. Oh, my gosh. That was – I mean, that to me – look, Georgia Southern, if they make a stop, they get the ball back, down four. That's a winning play. And then you score on them like that, the way he was able to kind of – Kind of get, a, oh, get that, away from that, that sack. Because the play action was originally for Bell, if I'm not mistaken. That right. was in motion. Yeah, it, it was, was supposed yep. to be for him. He's covered. So he kind of has to hesitate. He backsteps a little bit. And then he kind of flicks it down the middle. And there's there's Bradley on the ground making the catch. You want you talk about demoralizing a team Absolutely. on the road? My, that's how you my, do it. My one biggest thing about that play is I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I wasn't going to say anything about it. In my opinion, that was not the right play call. For that scenario. However, it worked out in the best way that it possibly could have. Right. My thing is, and, and I know this is going to kind of sound like a broken record, fourth and goal at the one when you've got the running backs that we do that can't, they can't be stopped. Let's be honest. On, on I mean, two of them average almost 100 yards a game. Sure. Um, give them the ball and let them dive over the pile. Sure. Uh, that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I just. If it's if it ain't broke, don't right. fix it. I agree. I, I don't. Um. I don't so have I, I'm not. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the play call. I get why you would call it because obviously Georgia Southern is expecting you to run the ball. Yeah. So I get why you would call it. I'm still not a big fan of it because my my dad and I always say this to each other: until they stop you, why go away from it? Makes sense. So again, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the play call, but it worked out. So no no complaints, right? So, yeah. Um, and so, you know, 24-13, Josh, I don't know if you wanted to... Yeah, well, what I was going to say, well, first of all, I was going to say I would have gone to uh, Ralston, who I love. He's the yeah. silent oh, assassin of this offense. He really Ralston. is. This yeah. guy makes things happen on a, on a regular basis. He's like basis. Tyson Hill of the, of the Cajuns. No, man, this guy is everywhere. I just absolutely love the guy. Uh, I really want to get into Levi's performance. Uh, and I kind of want to address the rift in the fan base between everybody, you know... I love Levi, and you hate him, and you are mean because you don't like him. Here's the deal. The guy's a work in progress, okay? He has made some plays. He has left some plays on the field. I don't want to hear somebody tell me, I knew it all along. Yeah, you got the fans that say, oh, I knew it all along. No, you didn't. Because there was no evidence on tape. There wasn't. There was evidence that he was a hard worker, and there's a whole lot of you know, uh, scuttlebutt around the athletic program that the guy has a great attitude and he's a great leader and everybody responds to him. And that's fine. I, I'm much, Look, I will take tan- intangibles over talent any day of the week. I believe that. I truly do. Uh, but the, we're watching him mature as a player, uh, not necessarily as a leader or, or anything other than that. As a quarterback, he's he's making plays, uh, and I think it's it's a direct correlation to being uh, – the game plan is is – Slowly coming around to fit his strengths. As it should. You didn't see a lot of seven and five step drops. They rolled him out. Uh, you know, they made, they got the ball out of his hand quickly. Uh, it, it was quick decisions, and to his credit, he made really, really good decisions on Saturday. Um, I am happy to say that I wasn't necessarily a believer on the front end. He is changing my opinion game by game. Uh, and if anybody tells me tells you they knew all along, they're they're, they're lying. Okay, <laughs> but but to those, you know, to those that are still on the fence, I I I would say, you know, 
the kid is making me a believer. Maybe play, pay a little bit of, of attention to the small things that he does. He's really making an impact on the team. We can win with the way he played on Saturday. We need him to make three to five plays a game. And, and after that, just be solid. Sure. That's what we need from him, and that's what he was. I'm sorry. No, no, you go, well, I was going to say, and moving forward, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because now we'll get into the next few scoring drives that the Cages did. And actually, no, tell you what, let's go into scoring drives, and I'm going to I'm gonna add in my opinion on what you just said because that is a good point, but I'm going to add it in at, at a certain time here. Sure. So, okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it, um, so, you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. You know, after that play call by, by Billy Napier to bring the score to 24-13, to 13, Georgia Southern turns around, marches down the field, gets a touchdown and a two. To make it twenty-four to twenty-one, um, and then I think there's a typo here on ESPN, but uh, you know we, we get a touchdown to make it 34, 31 to twenty-four, and then or was it thirty-one? It was thirty-one twenty-one. I'm sorry, yeah, it was thirty-one twenty-one after the Georgia Southern touchdown, and then we scored to make it thirty-one twenty-one. Georgia Southern comes back with a field goal to make it 31-24. We get that last touchdown with the missed PAT to make it 37-24. I will say this. In my eyes, that PAT was blocked. It was touched at the line. Um, some people will disagree. Um, I don't blame Kenneth Almondaris for that whatsoever. I think it was blocked at the line. You know, it happens. So Kenneth, Kenneth Almondaris, does he have a mustache? He does. He should because that is a good mustache name. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think I think he does. Last time I saw him, I think he does have a little bit of a mustache. A big thick I don't mustache. Know, I don't know if he shaved it off or not. Um, Kenneth, if you're listening, you do know, not shave off. No, the big leave, leave the stash. The stash is a good thing. Hey, no wrong. With um, that. Uncle Rico Gardner <laughs> Minshew. It's a good luck the, charm the, now, man. The, if you're the, a football the, player, the stash is a good thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so to piggyback off of what Josh just said, um, real quickly, what I think we were talking. It was 24-21 at one point. Um, yeah, it was 24-21. So this is when Georgia Southern, they just ground and pounded that last touchdown drive. They yeah. have the momentum. It's Paulson Stadium, right? Oh, my gosh. It's the history of Georgia Southern football is just coming back on that drive. They got all the momentum. And the Cajuns <laughs> We're back just, in the 90s, oh boys. Oh, my gosh. The Cajuns just have no shot now. We just, <laughs> we're just going to turn the ball back over or Levi's going to throw a pick six or FCS the Cajuns are going to fumble. Coming to, and coming to get that, that dynasty is just coming back and they're just going to win the game. Wrong! Wrong! Okay, so here's where I'm going with this. And, and I'm, Josh, I'm glad you made those comments earlier. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this drive, when it's 24-21, two key plays stuck out to me outside of the runs. It was third and seven to start the fourth quarter. And, of course, the Paulson, the ghost of Paulson, man. Getting loud. Getting loud. Third and seven. Down 24-21. That crowd is going crazy. Oh, are, are you getting into when Levi told them to shut the hell up? We, he did by his play. He, third and seven, Levi Lewis, 10-yard ten, ten run for a first down, okay? Fast forward, Raymond Colley runs the ball. They try to do that reverse. Loss of loss, loss of, of three. three on the play. Second and 13. Second and 13, very next play. Levi Pete. in the pocket. Pete. In they the pocket. to our man, Petey. That's it. But that, that. It was an excellent throw. He sits in the pocket. He didn't let the jitters get to him. Sat in the pocket, was patient. One hell of a throw down to seem to Peter LeBlanc. And, you know, I, I hate... I hate you those. just... You you killed the crowd noise. Yeah. You killed any momentum they have. And you know what they did after that? Give it to the three-headed monster from there. You know, I, I don't like to sit here and talk about one specific player. But, God, I'm so happy for Peter LeBlanc. What? And listen, how confident are they in Peter LeBlanc to go to him at that point in the game? Yeah. And I don't know... I don't, really, I don't know if he... 
sat down in the zone or if he ran a post. I didn't really see the play develop, but I just saw him rise up, catch football. Yeah. And I said, wow, they must trust him if they're willing to go to him right here in this in this spot, in second and 13. That's Pivotal point in the game. Peter's going to be special um, for this um, team. I agree. So I agree gonna, Peter but but I mean, but it goes to show you. It goes back to you talking about with Levi being a work in progress. Look, Levi looked like the quarterback that all the, the everybody who supported him from the start who said, "Oh my gosh, he's going to be the greatest." Said he thing would ever. be sure. That look, I got to give it to him. That's the one time where I can say, "Okay, I can see that epiphany." Because that I'll, particular I'll, drive, I'll say this: he stepped up at the at the most important pivotal time, and over and over. Over and over, and he yeah. did it, and he did it just with a swag. He man. did it with confidence. He is exactly did it with what a I was swag, say. and and that to me, I do think. Again, I'm like you, Josh. I think he's still a work in progress. Sure. I think he played his best game, but if you want to talk about the progress that he's made, that one drive right there, moving going forward, is is crucial because I think that's going to give him confidence. That's going to give the team in him though. Well, it's it's uh, going to make the team believe in him. I know they already do. Right. That's kind of his. That's you know. That's kind of what he falls. But what, what the supporters have fallen back on with him is that the team believes in him, and I believe that. Uh, I think when you do it on the field, when the lights are on, you submit that. Right. And that's what he did that drive. And then because here's the thing: even after that, you go up two scores with what about ten minutes left. Yeah, Georgia Southern. At that time, the, the Cajun defense. You can tell it was starting to wear, wear a down. Bit, yeah. But even then. Georgia Southern can't throw. Sure. So that next drive after that, even though I think they kicked the field goal, but yep. that was like eight. That was like an eight-minute drive or seven-minute drive. And that's the only way they can score. Yeah. But can I make I a mean, comment right about there that? Was, that was huge. Listen, Dre Jones and Chris Moncrief were so good in that game. I hope people, if you can go back and watch the game, Dre Jones, number 50, okay? I think he's a true freshman. He plays a hybrid, doesn't he? Dude, he's got speed, he's got size, he's mm-hmm. smart, he knows where to be, he plays with confidence, he does not make mistakes. His He was very disciplined. Every single time the pitch man, would, he was with the pitch man, if he had to be with the quarterback, I'm telling you, Dre Jones is going to be special for us, and he was good on Saturday. Chris Moncrief has given a speed that we have needed for a very long time. If you're excited about the Trinity, great. If you're excited about the offensive line, great. We need to get excited about some of these linebackers. Well, I'm excited the fact that Coach Napier is playing a lot of guys on defense. Uh-huh. And a lot of them happen to be freshmen and sophomores. Sure. And not only are they freshmen and sophomores, they're making plays and they're stepping up at crucial times. Yep. That, to me, is a huge building block because not only is he playing younger guys, but it's not like he's putting them in like, you know, when you're up by 50 The Reggie Cage Army like podcast is brought Southern. to you each and every he's week up by against, Nick Putting, up, State putting Farm. them up against Conveniently Ohio, located across Liberty, the Petroleum put, Club, played a few a against Boulevard here last year. Call Nick and his and staff for all plays. your insurance like you needs, whether it be home, auto, life, or health. We were 337-981-6638. We are three deep. Almost across the board, we are playing. We got seventy five guys and, that we and can dress. Spots, in some spots, we're forty. That's right, absolutely. Look at the just look at the line. We are a better team because of our our line play. Yep, that's why we play the most guys. Absolutely. We listen. That is so important. We got seventy five guys that we can dress up and put on the field. Sure, absolutely. We never and, had and, that. And what? Before. And not to mention, you want to break the will of another team. That's Let okay, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern in the fourth quarter, they're on one knee. You see a bunch of new guys come in, fresh legs, ready to go. What do you think they're thinking? Oh crap! <laughs> Look, I want to. I want to make oh, it, crap. <laughs> this is it's, it's, it's the part in the show where I get to say something ridiculous. Well, I'm 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 gonna hold you. Go ahead. We're gonna take a quick break. Um, quick word in from the sponsors, and when uh when we come back, we'll we'll hear Josh's ridiculous comment. Yes. We'll talk about. We'll continue to talk about the depth that the Cajuns have, and we'll quickly touch on the good, bad, and ugly. 
that was the Georgia Southern game on Saturday. We'll be right back here on the Rage Cajun Army. And we're back here on the Raging Cajun Army. Matt Miguez, Jerry Bear, Josh Jagno, a.k.a. Man About Town. And guys, you know, 37-24 Cajuns win. It was it was a big win. Um, Jerry doesn't want to talk about this. Josh, let's get into, before we, actually before we do that, um, I just want to make a quick announcement that basketball is about a month away. I'm excited. These other two guys, not so much. Is this where I get to say my ridiculous? Well, no, it's not that I'm not excited. I'm in football mode right now, so I'm I'm kind of like you know once once the first because look in basketball, don't get me wrong, they play the few of the preseason games, and you know once they start getting into like non-conference against you know some good competition, then I'm like okay, I'm good. But right now, I'm I'm in football mode. Yeah, and I mean, and I don't I don't totally disagree with that, but. You know, there there's going to come a time during football season where we have to start talking about this. Sure, um, I'm okay we, we need that. to we need to break down the roster. We need to break down the the schedule, um, and you know that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. And we'll get into all of that. Just wanted to you know throw it out there. The basketball previews will be coming. I've had a couple of people asking me about when we were going to start talking about basketball. So it it is coming. Go uh, team. Go go team. Go Cajuns. Josh is super excited about basketball. For reasons unknown. <laughs> okay. Um. Yay, sports. All right, Josh, you had a ridiculous thing to say. Go for it. It's ridiculous when you say it out loud. But here's the deal, man. I'm a big Bama fan. I know that's gonna rub people the wrong way, but mostly it's because I hate LSU. But uh, I am a big Bama fan. I am. I, I am fascinated by dominance and excellence, and you know. Go no further than Nick Saban, right? Uh, the Cajuns are... They're almost always referred... To, or I'm sorry. Uh, compared to the Bama model because of Napier. If you watch some of the things that are starting to occur, we play so many guys on the lines. Both lines. Uh, we make mistakes and, you know, knock on wood, they don't come back to bite us in the ass. If you watch a Bama game... I watched the South Carolina game. They made... 50 mistakes, and they still won by 30 points. Uh, so the ridiculous statement is is that, you know, we are starting to kind of be in the mold of Bama. Well, Coach Napier, believe it or not, no. And you're not, oh, that's a hot no, take. No, 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 no. You're not far away from – you're not far away from the truth. And I'm not saying, you know, UL's Alabama, but sure, the model no, – Of course not. I'm look, not saying that. Coach Napier said uh, in, from the beginning about 85% of the model that he uses in the – Is the, Nick Saban. Of the process he uses is from Nick Saban. 15% Absolutely. is a little bit of his own take. Sure. But 85% of, of the structure and the way he does things and his business model is off of Nick Saban. It's getting results, dude. I mean, here's the deal. Sure. Name why, another, why not? Name why another not time that? that we go on the road to a perennial Sunbelt winner, okay, drop the football, hand over 10 to, well, it ended up being 10 points, could have been more, and we still win the game by two touchdowns. Name a time. It's very rare. Well, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's very never rare. happened. My, right. my larger point is that it's, it's got something to do with confidence. It's got something to do with talent. It's got something to do with belief. Uh, whatever it is, is the model is starting to come to fruition. Trust the process. So, 
you know, you want to say Bama and the Cajuns in the same sentence and it not sound ridiculous, just go ahead and use that analogy. All right. Well, you know, there's there's Man About Town's ridiculous statistic of the day. We can make that a um, segment. I, I, <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up, guys. Next week we'll talk more about uh, – we'll, we'll quickly dive into a good, a bad, and an ugly of the Georgia Southern game. And then we will break down the App State game that everybody's excited about. We'll talk about what we can expect from the Cajuns. We'll talk about what we can expect from the Mountaineers. And we'll talk about what we need to expect from the fan base. We'll dive into all of that next week right here on Raging Cajun Army. <laughs>